0: Alrighty folks, the third book for this month of Pacific Comics, this month being July 1982, and me freshly refreshed from a lunch break with the wife. Looking at Pacific Presents, first issue, Combo, The Rocketeer, and Steve Ditko's The Missing Man, we do have images of both on the front cover with the Rocketeer being the top, Missing Man being the bottom. And the way that the bottom is drawn is like it's a drawing that has been uh, on a sheet over top the Rocketeer so that it is being pulled and it is rolling slightly on one side, the bottom image. (laughs) Two big features, 32 pages, we're told. Inside, we have a publisher's note from Bill Shane's. And an editorial note from David Scroggie. Chapter 3, The Rocketeer. The previous two chapters were in Star Slayer. The second chapter was in issue 3 of Star Slayer. And I believe the first chapter of The Rocketeer would have been in Star Slayer issue number 2. Talked about both of those previously. Check them out. So, Cliff Secord here is in the uh, hangar uh, where he was trying to stop some thuggishness that he thought was going on and uh, someone is there they're about to take the helmet off of him he's laying on the backpack so they're going to have to move him around a little bit to get to that but as they're reaching for the helmet he's awake and yells out get lost and with a punt kicks the dude with an up kick a la professional wrestling even and then as the the thuggy dude uh, goes down. Cliff jumps on top of him and is about to punch him. But dude pulls a pistol. Says, back off, fly boy. What is this? Secord says, don't play dumb with me, punk. Now take off the helmet. And he takes it off. And I thought so. Nothing but small change with some big ideas. He, he recognizes Cliff for who the person is that's wielding the equipment. Only this stunt's going to cost you, pal, plenty. Now drop the tin hat. You won't be needing it again. So uh dude makes Cliff get in the car. I don't know why he doesn't take the helmet with him, but they're, they're just after the uh, jetpack. But he doesn't take it. He takes Cliff and the jetpack. So they get in the car. As they drive away, a small coupe appears from out of nowhere and screams across their path. Hey! That maniac wouldn't even look, and he could have killed us. And Secord is thinking, aw, nuts. That was Peeve's car, and he and Betty are along, and and Betty is along. So they rush into Secord's um, quarters here, it looks like. First, it didn't look like they were in his quarters. I don't remember that being where they were. I thought they were just in a warehouse uh, aircraft hangar there at the end of the last segment. But Peeve, his uh, Secord sidekick, and Betty, Secord's girl, much patterned after Betty Page. Uh, go into Secord's place and they're looking around and P finds the helmet and they both notice that there's blood on it. So they're like, oh no! Secord and the dude that's grabbed him are rushing through the canyon and they're being followed. And then that large sedan moves up alongside of them and knocks them off the road. They go crashing, careening down the mountain, down the hill here. The, uh, Sedan stops up on the roadway and three men, yeah, three men come out and they make their way down to the to car to look for survivors. One of them pulls out the driver and says to the other, Otto, look here, the driver's wallet, a badge. And Otto says, as I suspected, the government has its hands in the matter already. So this dude was a government man, government agent, uh, who knows, FBI, maybe something. These three dudes are not. So they're looking for Secord now. They're like... Uh, we must retrieve the rocket pack at all costs before our presence here is discovered by other federal agents. And off to the side here, Secord is waking up. He's like, oh, my head. And then he hears them talking. He says, federal, that guy was a G-man? And then he's thinking, who are these lugs? So they're talking back and forth looking for him. He realizes that he's still got the jet pack on. He's got the activator in his hand. So he uses the activator, activates the rocket pack, slams into the guys, knocks them all about. We cut several hours later at Cliff's hangar. Betty says, Peeve, it's been almost three hours. We have to call the police. He could be hurt somewhere. And then, in the midst of their conversation, Cliff shows up here, much bedraggled, carrying the jetpack. Hands the jetpack to Peevee, says, here, man, fix this up. It's all beaten and banged up and everything. And Cliff is sitting down, being doctored by Betty, wrapping, you know, this damage and and iodining that damage or, you know, whatever they're going to do in the, I'd say, 20s is when this is taking place. Uh, Betty gets mad at Cliff. All right, I will. And I won't bother to come back again. Oh, leave me alone, will you? Is what he said. So she rushes off in a huff. He's there with Peeve. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Secord goes to his boss there at the uh, airfield. The Well, yeah, yeah. He own. I think this guy owns the airfield and also employs Secord as a um, a uh, yeah entertainer he's he's there to do air shows and stuff like that he's got this cool little airplane that he's invented that we'll see here a little bit later in the story he's talking to the dude about um money and the the dude he Secord wants to use the helmet and a rocket pack as a show stunt uh, for the flying man Well, this dude says no. He says it's too dangerous. And they go back and forth, and he won't let Secord do it. And so in the midst of this, uh, Peavy calls him, talks to Secord, and says, hey, while you were away, some gorillas broke in and and made off with Betty. So Secord runs out, jumps in a sedan here for uh, Skeets Moran, the loop king, and uh, steals the car, essentially. Drives to the hangar just in time to see Betty in a... Another sedan being spirited away. Secord runs into the his uh new plane, his experimental plane, whatever it may be. It's a really short, cockpitted looking plane. It looks like it's all or, or not cockpit, fuselage, short fuselage. Looks like it's all cockpit with a, a very short um Back fin, rudder, and wings. And it's, it's all engine with a little bit of cockpit and all the accoutrement, short wings and everything like that. I suppose that all is supposed to make it very fast, the airplane, and probably very maneuverable. So that is what Secord is banking on because he's jumped in this plane and he's going to be chasing a car. So, you know, the car uh, probably is more maneuverable, at least in, in small confined areas, particularly if they're going to be running through a city. So Secord jumps in the plane. Is still they're they're still trying to get off the airfield. By the time he gets to them, so he's messing with them, diving at them, hitting them with the wheels, bouncing them around, and everything. Finally, gets them to stop the car. They they crash the car. Uh, they bail, leaving Betty. Secord is able to land the plane. You know, away somewhere. Get to the car. Uh, just as Betty has gotten herself loose, and she gets out, and and they have the huggy kissy thing here. And somebody is under the bandstand, which is near where uh, the car ultimately crashed. The bandstand, because there's an air show that's recently going on. And I guess either it's a constant thing or today is just another day of a special air show that they got run on. Either way, there's a big bandstand with a crowd there. Car has crashed near it. That is where Secord ultimately goes after he lands the plane over, you know, in the field somewhere. Under the bandstand, a dude is watching Secord and Betty. And I I keep saying Secord. His first name is Cliff Secord. So, or his first name isn't Cliff Secord. His first name is Cliff. Last name, Secord. There we go. So dude is watching him and he's thinking, so he's the one we seek. I will tell Otto, we must regain that device. And this time, nothing must stop us. Nothing. So he is apparently one of the men who was in the car who was in the car that ran Secord off the road, Secord uh, beat him up a little bit to get away. Those three men with Otto, who uh, let's go ahead and assume is a German agent of some sort, went to get Betty because they knew Betty would be leverage to get Cliff to do what they wanted to do. So Cliff crashes their car. They run out, except one dude is cognizant enough to keep an eye on what's going on. Well, while he is thinking and saying this, we also see from behind him a pair of hands are reaching out to grab him. No idea who the hands are. Uh, They must not be German agents if we assume all three of the men who kidnapped Betty, who ran Cliff off the road, are German agents. Uh, So there we go. And I neglected to say that this is scripted, penciled, and inked and lettered by Dave Stevens with uh, the colorist unknown. Next page is a Dave Stevens biography by... Jackie Jackie Estrada, and then we go into the second story, who is The Missing Man, uh, which is entitled, I should say, The Missing Man Meets the Queen Bee. Boy, I'm misspeaking all over the place today. must have been lunch. It's got me occupied. It was a really good lunch. Wife and I tried a brand new place, and it turned out to be a good choice. Um, Missing Man is scripted, penciled, and inked by Steve Ditko, colored by Steve Olaf, and lettered by David Cody Weiss. Now, I spoke earlier uh, this episode on the Missing Man as he appeared in the Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers book. This was the first story. Uh, the it, it doesn't really lead into this, but it is a really good setup for this story. We were even told to be on the watch for the Queen Bee. So we know that that story that I spoke of already occurred first and then this one. Now, this one, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 named characters. 13. Now, uh, we start off, we are in the playroom of crime boss I. Hedmond. He's the big bad. Somebody is trying to muscle in on his territory who's calling himself the king, okay? The king has a couple thugs called Bo and Mo with him, and accompanying him is Queen Bee. Now, there. are all trying to get information from the headman, so that the king and his crew can take over being the main bad guy uh, in place of i headman and and that's his name i period headman so uh, so they're going back and forth uh, the king is looking for a book, and just as the headman is going to give him the book, missing man jumps in interesting thing about the king his hair uh, he's got it pulled up you know like how Wolverine uh, from Marvel Comics seems to pull his hair up. Kind of shaped like the mask that he wears. Yeah, the king has his hair pulled up, kind of like it makes it look like a crown. Hmm, I wonder why... A... No, I'm kidding. Uh, so Missing Man jumps in, jumps past Mo and Bo, who are just a couple uh, schlep-looking dudes. You know, they're, they're just there. Now they're wearing... I, I do notice that okay, I. Headman has a... Uh, suit a black suit on with a white frilly uh whatever that thing is that you wear um over your chest. Yeah, the name of it is missing me, fluffy something. Uh, yeah. And and cuffs, uh puffy white cuffs as well. Bo and Mo just look like a couple schleps and pants and, and jackets. The king though is wearing a pretty spiffy like dinner dinner jacket buttoned, one button at, at his uh, waist there. And then Queen Bee uh, is dressed in black and white stripy outfit with little pretend wings on her back, playing the part. And the head man, uh, or excuse me, missing man, as I described for the Galactic Rangers, uh, yeah, Captain Victory uh, episode, it appears when he is the missing man. Now, his alter ego is Sid Main, but the missing man appears as just a head with a spiffy turn of hair a lock of hair at the top of his head and glasses and mouth not even the full head is framed out you just see a mouth and then everything from basically the ears up right bobbing around with nothing connecting them no neck torso thorax nothing a couple uh stick figure arms with hands and a couple stick figure legs with feet and that's how he looks when he's in this Missing Man persona. All of that in between is uh, missing. So I guess that's why he's the Missing Man. Jumps past Bo and Mo, uh Jumps onto the king. Knocks him to the ground. Grabs the book that the king had just received from I, Hedman. And Missing Man runs off. But as he's running off, Queen Bee starts something. I don't know if she's whistling, singing, humming... Uh, Her lips aren't pursed like they're whistling. Her mouth isn't open like she's singing, so she must just be humming, humming a tune. And suddenly, Missing Man stops and yells out, Ah, oh, the pain, it's exploding inside my head. And he drops the book because he grasps his head with both hands. Well, Moen, uh, Moen, what is it, Bo? Moen Bo? make a move for the book, but before they can, i Hetman jumps up, pushes King into Queen Bee, causing her to stop the noise. He grabs his book and escapes out of a, a secret stairwell that he had in his office here. So now, Bomo and the King turn their attention to Missing Man. They stop, though, so that King can explain to Missing Man the thing about Queen Bee queen Beast thing is that king ran across her in a uh a a bar let's see what's he say i was passing through a berg Bellows stopped for a drink there she was humming but what humming so he's watching her from the audience the rest of the audience is crying but turns out that he is not affected the king but he can see the effect that her humming has on everyone else so he befriends her Tried to make a deal with her agent, Nick. No dice. And Queenie's got a guy, a kid she's crazy about. They just want to make enough dough to buy a farm and settle down. Well, since they won't deal me in, I deal my two problems out. So he gets rid of Agent Nick and Queen Bee's beau, who uh, gets a name later on. I believe it's going to be Ned. Ned is going to be his name. So, um, So he gets rid of them, and he steps in to Agent... Oh, no, he just calls her hick agent so he steps into the agent's role and convinces queen bee to hook up with him and she starts uh he he starts taking her around to different jobs and things he's doing gets her to hum and then she gets rewarded however for helping him so having told uh, the story mo and bo grab up the missing man they tie him up trying to get away with him but finally missing man says nope kicks him around, avoids uh, the gunplay here, and runs off. And as he's running away, uh, they pass Ned. Oh, so Ned's not dead. Zed's dead, baby. No, yeah, anyways. Uh, so here's Ned. Um, missing Man uh, heads on around the corner here, turns himself into Sid Main, and in changing himself, something changes about the way that his hands are tied together, allowing him to escape, I guess. Either these hands are bigger or smaller than Missing Man, whichever. And he runs away, but as Sid Main returns to try to find out what's going, but now everybody is gone. A little while later, we see that I. Hedman returns to his headquarters and trumpets that he's still got the book and he knows who is out to get him now and can kill them and he'll still be uh, head man of the crime in this city. We head to Ma's detective agency. Uh, where we meet up with Mr. Bulk, who is, I don't know what Bulk is here doing. He says, you've been snooping around after me. And Ma says, no, I haven't. Please leave, Mr. Bulk, and put the old timer down. So that's the the third dude that's hanging out. It's Ma, Toadie, and old timer. Uh, so I, I don't know Bulk, I just introduction of another character, I don't know. But ultimately, uh, Toadie and her cat Ajax are able to take uh, Mr. Bulk down. Mama blows some kind of powder in his face that disorients him. And then ultimately, Toadie throws him out physically. Missing Man appears, asking for help. We see that everyone is aware of Missing Man being the alter ego of Sid Dane. So they're all happy, happy. Um, Sid catches them up on what was going on with the I, Headman, King, Mobo Queen Bee scene there. Cutting back to the King, uh, he is holding court. We see some of the uh, background for Queen Bee here as she's lamenting the fact that her Bo, Ned, is dead. But we know that Ned is not dead because we saw him when Missing Man escaped the King, Mobo Bo, I, Headman, Queen Bee uh, capture him debacle there cut back to Ma, all of these people um, that we saw in the first story looking uh, are returning because she has put them out looking for King, and they're coming back with what information they've been able to, to, to discern to discern from King. Uh, here's Ned. He's being checked out by a doctor. Doctor says he's okay. I think what happened in that previous scene is Dude didn't realize that he was Ned because he'd lost his memory from the encounter where the king attempted to kill Ned and Queen Bee's agent. Well, the agent was killed, but Ned apparently was not. Maybe he was headshot, right? Grazed his head, lost his memory, whatever. So now we see that Ned is fully back. Doctor has given him the okay to go uh, play in the game again. He he doesn't have to sit out anymore. Cut back to another scene, like we briefly saw in the first story, of Sid Main fixing some audio-visual equipment of the day and that he's a genius at doing that. A police officer uh, comes to Ma's with uh, m- more information, but regarding some other things that were going on. Plus, the police officer is asking Ma, knowing what she does, if she has any information on the missing man. We found out she does know full well who the missing man is, but lies to the cop. Toadie gets a fix on where... Queen B is, or where King is, who is with Queen Bee. And so Toadie tells Ma, and Ma is now going out to confront King. We see a situation here with uh, some of, well, whew, things are bouncing around a lot. I've had it with that crazy setup, says somebody. So he's leaving the king's palace. But in leaving, the king's palace is being watched by Otto and Little Ox. Little Ox is a really big dude. Otto is dressed up in a black tux and tails with a bow tie, smokes a cigar, and has a very large top hat on. So they are um, working for Ma. And when they see this dude, who is presumably one of the guards that the king employs, who all look like knights in armor, uh, although when the dude is leaving, he's I guess that's his like uniform, so he leaves the armor there and just has regular street clothes on. So he leaves little oxen Otto see that someone is leaving king's palace tell ma ma tells sid aka the missing man so the guard that left the king goes to i headman and tells him hey i got an inn i know where the king is i'll give you the information if i can join up with your crew you give me a little reward and together we'll take out the king and his crew and mr headman and myself, along with your crew, will then benefit from being once again top dog in the criminal underground of the city. So Sid takes off going to the king's castle. He now knows where it is. Changes into his missing man persona. We see him skulking around the castle, avoiding some of the guards here, but not all of them. Suddenly someone sees him and they all start attacking, including the dude that wants to quit being the king's one of the king's guards. And move over to I Headman's crew. He has ratted out the king, but has come back to I, you know, I guess finish working his shift, what have you. So he is in this group of guards that attack Missing Man when he tries to infiltrate the king's castle. Ultimately, he does, but in the midst of the the battle, Queen Bee, uh, walking around, whatever comes upon him, starts humming, which lays Missing Man low again. And while the singing is going on, the king hears her humming and goes to grab Missing Man and subdue him. On one of the lower levels here, the Ma, or not the Ma, but Ma, Toadie, and Ned also have found out where the king's castle is and are going Ma to confront the king. Ned, because he hears that Queen B is working for the king, and Queen B is his former girlfriend, who he has much feelings for, and has been missing her, and she's been kidnapped, and what? So he's going to go save her. Ma is going to confront, and I don't know, ultimately defeat or persuade from being a bad guy, or what, I don't know what Ma is going to do to the king. And then Toadie is there with Ma, so they're there. Missing man, the king, and Queen B are all there. Everybody gets involved in a brouhaha. Uh, Queen Bee and Ned kind of step over to the side, being all lovey-dovey, glad to see ya. Toady and Ma are standing off here to the side, crying at the happy reunion. King is upset that he's going to be losing a, an important piece of his crew. Tells the guards to attack Missing Man. He himself attacks Missing Man. Queen Bee starts humming and befuddles everybody. But the king, because again, Queen Bee's humming doesn't have any effect on the king, using the momentary distraction, he kicks Missing Man down, grabs up Ma to use as a hostage to make Queen Bee stop humming so that the king's crew come back to their senses and he has the upper hand once again. Having given the command, Queen Bee stops humming, which means Missing Man is is good to go now too. So he distracts the king. Toadie gets Ajax her cat, which I don't even think I knew that the cat came with him. Let's see, because when we first see them enter the king's castle, it's just Ma, Ned, and Toadie. No cat. But apparently Ajax followed him, or she had him. And maybe maybe Toadie uses Ajax like uh, the dark elf uh, dude for Forgotten Realms. Uh, Dritz Erden uses his magic cat from the Astral Realm or wherever the panther cat is. that he So may, maybe Toadie has like a little uh, simulacrum, a little emblem of the cat that she can use to summon it from wherever it is. But whatever. Ajax is here and distracts the king from doing anything to Ma, who he's holding hostage. Giving Missing Man an opportunity to then attack the king. After he has saved Ajax and tossed Ajax back to Toadie, where it's safe and sound, he knocks down and knocks out the king. Ajax jumps on the king's back to hold him down. I mean, this is just a regular house cat-sized cat, right? But apparently it's ferocious. Um, Off to the side is Ned and Queen Bee watching everything go down. And then off, off to the side is Hedman with his whole crew, who was going to take out the king, but he sees that Ma's crew has taken out the king, so he's going to leave it go. The police show up, so I, Headman, and his crew decide to head out because now the police have the king and his crew, uh, you know, his crew, Mo, Bo, Bulk, all those guys, um, has them under arrest. Two days later, we see everyone is at a performance of Queen Bee, uh, wherever her new performance site is, and everyone is... Toady, Ma, Ned, although Ajax isn't here, uh, Queen Bee, old-timer, and off to the side here, Sid in his missing man guys watching everything go down. Man, that's over 30 minutes of talk. Wow. Um, Okay, Uh, letters page here. One is from Kevin Nowlin of Salinas, Kansas. That sounds like a familiar name, but I don't know if that's the same one per, uh, per se. The... Inside Back Cover has an ad for Silver Star, which with more, I believe, Kirbyism, because we're told, we bore him, B-O-R-E. We raised him, but he can do things we can't. He dreams in ways we can't. He's becoming what we can never be. If there are more like him, we may once again be forced to redefine the word mankind. And of course, that brings a Nick Foley image to my head, mankind. Look for Jack Kirby's wildest new concept, the man who is bound to happen. Is he a natural new beginning or our terrifying unexpected end? Superstar is coming, homo superior. And the back cover itself is a nice full-page pinup of The Rocketeer by Dave Stevens. Uh, Cliff Secord is standing with his helmet on uh, the corner of a building with a fire escape arching down, down to the ground. Behind him, everything is black, except for directly behind the figure of Cliff Secord is a multi-ringed bullseye target with uh, several bullet holes in it, and looks like Cliff Secord has been in a gun battle because he's he's holding a, we're going to say that's a Mauser, if I remember, Uh, maybe even a broom handle Mauser, running gun battle, and we see that other shots have been taken at him, uh, alluded to by the bullet holes in the target behind him so Cliff Secord the Rocketeer is the target and who is after him you say well in the 20s uh, you know 30s I would say Nazi agents because aren't Nazi agents after everyone but we know that for a fact well no not for a fact we know that one of the agents is named Otto Otto is a frequently used German name etc etc so all right, guys Uh, that is the end of our Pacific Comics coverage And next up is going to be an issue of Samurai. Samurai issue number six, it looks like, uh, looking at my handy dandy chart. So thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time. Ciao.